1: All right. My name is Rich Schmidt. We're here with Alyssa Vera. It's July 18th, 2023. We're at Seven Springs Vineyard in Salem. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, The first question to get started, as you know, is why wine?
2: Yeah, you'd think it'd be simple. Um, So growing up, no aspirations of anything to do with wine. Didn't even know wine really existed. Um, It was... Really, my partner who our first year dating, uh, we met at the University of Oregon, he did an internship at a winery down in Eugene. Um, that was my first experience as to what wine work is. And I was blown away that I really didn't see him all for like three or four months. And then he did it again the next year. And then he did it again the next year. Um, so. I am a very curious person and I just kept asking, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why would you do this versus that? What, you know, so um, I'm a person that asks a lot of questions and yeah, from there, I kind of um, got really interested in in what he was doing. But for me, I'm more interested in people. maybe the science behind people behaviors why people might like one wine versus another or one um, idea over another how their upbringing changes their perceptions and their perspectives and ultimately their buying uh, decisions Um, and so i actually changed my major from education and i just decided I needed a, a change and a broader understanding of, of life in general. And I think wine really allowed me to relearn, um, you know, those math skills, science skills, communication skills, um, all through the lens of wine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah.
1: All right, we'll pick it back up there in a second. Let's talk about life before wine a little bit. So where, where were you born and raised?
2: Um, grew up in California. Um, my parents were very young when they had me, so wine wasn't in the picture. Um, we moved a lot, around a lot uh, with my dad being in the Marines and, again, my parents being young. Uh, we kind of started out on Camp Pendleton in San Diego, moved around a little bit, figured out where we wanted to live. Uh, When I was a freshman in high school, we moved to Vancouver, Washington Um, and I consider myself well now an Oregonian uh, since going to Oregon um, and graduating there, but um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest is home to me. Played soccer my whole life, Um, was part of the Olympic development program, tore both my ACLs, MCL's lateral meniscus. So. When the first one happened, you know I hated life <laughs> um, i it was hard for me to get back into playing, but it also allowed me to like focus on myself and what I was doing um, you know going moving to a new state and new place in a very vulnerable um, mindset was a little difficult, but I was able to adapt into a uh, a new environment and thrive. Um, And that's something I think that I'm really good at is adapting to my environment, which is I think where hospitality in wine really allowed me to learn more about myself, learn more about people and, you know, how to connect with people Mm -hmm. through wine. Mm
1: -hmm. So as you were approaching the end of high school, tell me about what you were sort of thinking about for next step and what you're thinking about long term.
2: Oh, everything felt a little short term <laughs> for me with because soccer was something that I was really interested in playing longer term. Mm-hmm. Um, so when my second injury happened my sophomore year of high school, I had to change my whole mode of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um However, I did end up getting a scholarship to go to Lane Community College and play soccer there, which was amazing. I was able to rehab, get back on track with that, schooling. Um, And ever since I was young, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I think the, I didn't learn like everybody else, but I was interested in everything. And so I realized at a young age that I wanted to kind of change the way people are taught. You know, again, adapting to different people and different learning styles. And I think that was something that was really um, important to me um, at the time. But when I changed my major, it was I, I wanted to learn more and have more of a, a broader understanding of how the world worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to still have that educational Background and teaching and learning, and um, I think really helped me in tasting rooms and learning about wine in general. What do people want to know about wine? Why is it special? Um, those are all questions that, from an education standpoint, you know, they're easy to say, but doesn't mean that you're gonna take it in and really, you know, uh, appreciate what's in front of you if, you know, that doesn't connect with you.
1: So as you were becoming familiar with wine, tell me about your initial decision or experience actually working with wine.
2: Yeah, so my first experience in wine was flying to Margaret River, Western Australia. <laughs> I finished school, Damien was already finished for a little bit, and he was working with somebody um, in the tasting room, I mean sorry, in the cellar uh, at Iris, and he is from Margaret River. And somehow he convinced us to come out, stay with them. Um, and that was my first experience in a cellar door. <laughs> I ended up working at two places in Margaret River. I didn't have anything lined up originally. Damien was working for Kate Mentel and I was just kind of hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Which, a few weeks in, I started to panic. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. And then, you know, Vas Felix was one of the first places I worked at, i Margaret River um, and then Woodlands Wines. And I was able to work part time for both of them uh, during our time in 2018.
1: What did you think of the experience?
2: I loved it. I was, you know, I didn't know much. I knew Uh, how to talk to people, how to keep a conversation going, how to ask questions of customers. What are you looking for? What's your favorite wines? You know, what kind of experience are you looking for? Are you drinking with friends? Are you drinking alone? Is it, you know, all these different um, kind of uh, customer moving questions where they get to decide the path, um, allowed me to take a step back and still be vulnerable, you know, everybody's learning wine at the same time, you know, whether it's the same thing or, um, yeah. So I didn't feel too intimidated all the time. (laughs) Definitely there were times where I think I'm a very honest person when I don't know something, I'll go, you know, I have no idea, let's go figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people respect that in the tasting room, but, the people that I worked for were so patient and excited that you know, I wanted to learn. Having a partner that makes wine is also helpful because I think from a person in the tasting room, um, just a person in the tasting room, it can very much be a career for people. And so to take it seriously and be that li- liaison between you know, wine making, what's going on in the cellar and the real world aspect of drinking the wine, finding the wine that you like and why you like it, I think is, is more important than I think people give it credit.
1: So obviously you mentioned wine education and it is a huge, obviously a huge barrier for a lot of people learning words and terms and places and things like that.
2: Absolutely. Tell me
1: about learning that for yourself
2: still learning it still struggling with it but you know i i put myself in uncomfortable positions i think to to see what i know what i don't know um i like to uh kind of have a conversation with a person and see what they know if they know more than me i i like to pick that up but um yeah, it's not an easy journey at all. And then you think you, you've wrapped your head around something and you definitely have not <laughs> even touched the surface of it. And so it can definitely be intimidating. Um, you know, but that's why wine is so fascinating. It's, there's always something to learn. Um, it wouldn't be that fun if we knew everything and all the answers to everything.
1: So as you were starting to work in the hospital, on the hospitality side, what did you find to be the most important things for most important traits to have in terms of what, what, sells, what sells wine? What, what did you need? To, what did you need to be?
2: Personable understanding how to connect with somebody, you know, the, somebody might walk in and they don't care about how the wine is made or where it's from but they wanna connect with a person in the tasting room. Sports, they might go, oh, I played sports my whole life. Oh my gosh, you did too. And the conversation might have nothing to do with wine, but at the end of the day, they trust you, uh, or at the end of the tasting, which sometimes (laughs) went a very long time. But at the end of that time, I made a new friend and they trust you and they ask for direction on their wine Purchases, they're where they should go next, you know who they should reach out to, um, and all of a sudden, you know, I have a lifelong friend across the United States. <laughs> so, I think that's a really special thing, being in the tasting room and really connecting with people from all over the world. Something from being in Margaret River, I was so lucky to have that experience, and the different people that you would see in Margaret River, in Australia, versus who we see here in the United States.
1: So what do you think is the most important thing you learned in your time in Margaret River?
2: Community. They are some of the friendliest people, and at the end of the day, there's friendly competition. Mm -hmm. It's... You know, everybody knows everybody. It's a small community, for better or worse. Um, we got to leave, so <laughs> it was great for us. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing that I took away was the sense of community. Um, you know, it's working for some of the older, uh, oldest wineries in that area, they were very well-respected very different business models. Um, and so I was able to learn from both sides, that bigger, that larger um, wine production and then the very small boutique um, yeah, wine production. Uh, it gave me a really good understanding of how different mm, tasting experiences um, being offered to different people and what their expectations are.
1: So as your time in Margaret River was winding down, what were you thinking about for your next step?
2: I had no idea at that point. Um, I wanted to live in Margaret River forever, um, but Damien was lucky enough to get a job opportunity back in Eugene again. So after selling all of our things, not thinking we'd ever be back in Eugene, here we were with no furniture um, (laughs) and just starting our American life again. Um, I knew I wanted to continue in wine, um, hospitality specifically, but I knew that I wanted something broader too. I'm somebody that if I don't know something, something, I will go and figure it out. Um, And so sales, kind of public speaking, I was never great at public speaking. Still wouldn't say I am great, but I put myself into classes where I needed to learn how to speak in front of people. I might have not have been prepared, you know, with a speech, but I was able to wing it. Or, um, yeah. So, I knew I still needed to practice being in the tasting room and hospitality side, and um, learning and teaching wine. So, went back to Eugene, worked for King Estate uh, for a little bit. Um, and then I ended up at Iris as the regional sales manager. Traveling was great. Um, meeting with wine buyers was a whole new world for me, which I, I, it's so different than working with customers. Uh, a whole different lingo that I had to learn on the spot. Um, I, was, I got very uncomfortable often, but I think that really soaked in uh, that knowledge then. Um, and then from Iris, um, yeah, off to, to Eveningland, nice. yeah.
1: Well, before we get there, let's talk about that Iris stop. Obviously, you mentioned it's a big step going from customers to, to, to the back, to the other, other side. Uh, tell me about learning that on the fly and what was the experience like?
2: Oh, I remember going to San Francisco on my own. I was supposed to meet my boss, and he was on the East Coast. And last minute, he was like, oh, I can't make it. We have a sales thing that I have to now go do. I was in panic mode. I was like, oh, my goodness. But I realized it was probably for the best, because I had to take the lead then. fake it till you make it and I faked it and I made it and so I mean I made a lot of relationships I learned a lot about you know FOB what the what that that wine shop sells what that market looks like Um, another part that I loved was creating like incentive programs how do you encourage people to sell your wine? Mm-hmm. Um, in a big flooded market of Oregon wine, how how do you sell your wine to people that are selling your wine? How do you get them excited? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a really fun way to learn Oregon wine too, is you have to know who you're selling up against. Um, and so, yeah, that was something that really sparked my interest is you, you still need to be friendly, <laughs> you, know, you still have to go home to, and see the people that make these wines. It, it, it was such uh, a learning experience, wasn't my favorite thing to do. Um, it was hard and I was, I think I was good at it though, so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So from there, you mentioned coming to Eveningland. So that's a, a, another a whole different world coming from the sort of South Willamette Valley up, up to here uh, yes. to this place. So what was the role you were coming into and what was the sort of the, the, the big initial hurdle for you?
2: Um, how do I start that? Yeah, so coming to the Willamette Valley, the heart of the Willamette Valley, was very important for Damien myself to just be in the midst of it all. Um, So 2020 was a rough year. Um, We moved here January uh, of 2020. The hopes, there were such high hopes. Um, And it was a great experience. I, initially that first few months when everything was still open, I was learning. I was, um, I think my biggest hurdle was selling $100 bottles of wine plus. Um, and my good friend Tynan, um, at the time at Eveningland in the tasting room, he really put it into perspective for me. I, I was very grateful for his little talks with me about you know, being confident. At the end of the day, if a customer wants you know, that experience, that, that bottle of wine, who are you to, to not allow them to do that? And so he really made it clear that, you know, being passionate about the wine will sell itself. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I learned from both him and AJ um, at Eveningland Land in the tasting room was, when you're passionate, the people are passionate as well. How do you
1: sort of de- learn and develop that passion then for the wine?
2: That's a great question. I, for me, there's always an element that can capture somebody. It's whether it's the way it's grown, you know, the, the point system, (laughs) you know, as, as, um, as we all know that it's all personal, you know, uh, it's all personal for people. And so finding that right personal touch and, um, getting people to open up to, you know, I can sell what I'm passionate about. But if I can talk about all the things that led me to where I am, people might also jump on one of those things and connect with it. Um,
1: Tell me about the the rest of 2020.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, it was a tough year. I think I'm still recovering. hospitality and sales obviously hit very very hard um i was furloughed in like march or so Damien was hired on the same day um so it was like a weird like i'm so sad but i'm so happy but it was also just the circumstances and then the fires hit and Damien and I had been be quarantined from each other during harvest um, and all the fires going on everywhere and um, feeling very isolated and alone. And well, I had my cats, but also stressful. <laughs> they couldn't go outside and, you know, just being alone with your own thoughts and trying to stay busy. Um, I was very lucky to have seven springs to, to go frolic through the vines and get outside. You know, we live in a smaller apartment, so it was a little bit harder at home. So coming out here in the fresh air was, I was very lucky to be able to have uh, access to that. Um, you know, it gave me a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do next. And it's like, okay, I, hospitality might need to take a back seat for me. I When we got back into opening tasting rooms and things, I got, I was very paranoid about being back in the tasting room. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect. I was afraid to go see my parents after a week of working. Um, It was just, everything was up in the air and I felt very vulnerable. And I realized, oh my gosh, am I gonna not have a job forever? Because all I know is this. So I was able to expand um, my my skills um, after after Eveningland. Tell me about that. Yeah. So a position opened up for Double Zero Shipping and Logistics, and being in the tasting room and packing up sales or packing up orders and shipping them. It is not easy. So I knew that shipping and logistics was something that I wanted to learn. Um, And as the world gets more accessible and the world gets warmer and more unpredictable, uh, getting wine to people seems to be harder and harder, Um, which is something I think our, our industry needs to get together and figure out (laughs) Um, it's not easy for anybody so I don't know what that future holds but it's something that really piqued my interest finding solutions for problems has always been something that I've I try to look at Um, doesn't mean it's always successful but that is yeah something that one of the many things that I think I will be involved in.
1: Coming to double zero, I'm curious sort of what your initial impressions were and of uh, your initial impressions of the work you were doing. Obviously you mentioned shipping logistics. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it should be terribly exciting or, or complicated, but yet here we are.
2: I love my job doing this. It's every day it's something new. It's, you know, it's um, learning. It's creating relationships with people in Australia people in Hong Kong um, this might sound silly but webinars on you know the the state of our economy and how it's affecting our shipping partners um, start to put together you know pathways on how to be successful um, working for such a small company too is really where I, I think I align very much with that small business mentality where everybody has you know, their hands on everything. Um, we talk through everything, we have conversations. If I don't know something and you know, my my employers have have knowledge of or they don't have knowledge of, they go, you wanna learn that together. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've always craved um, in my work environment is that mentorship, um, and I'm definitely getting that here. I am very happy with, with the overall collaboration in our work.
1: So, I know you mentioned that every, every day is a little bit different and something new, but give me an idea if it's sort of a typical day or a typical week for you uh, in this role.
2: Yeah. so um a lot of communicating a lot of holding for shipping <laughs> so um a lot of monitoring weather um weather patterns watching the weather channel something i love <laughs> um and and just having that open window for commu- people have their wine on hold and they don't know why because it might be nice and you know, cool where they are, but the path that that wine will take is not going, it's not gonna be the best mm-hmm. case scenario. Um, and, you know, we talk about how to improve our, our processes uh, and that's something that's really exciting for me to, to learn with Catherine is process-based um, solutions, mm-hmm. really. Um, how do we implement processes so that later down the road with a small team, things go smooth because something is bound to pop up in the middle of shipping season? How do we make this as smooth as possible? Mm-hmm. How do we l- give ourselves enough grace to 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 handle the workloads that we get? Yeah. Um, and it's a really fun time to be employed by Double Zero because the... Uh, interest in the wines has definitely grown.
1: With the 2020 and the pandemic and everything, everything, all these kinds of things have changed and have shifted and have, you know we've all dealt with you know uh, supply chain issues and all of that. Right. So tell me about in 2023, what are the biggest challenges for you?
2: Yeah, the. I think the biggest challenge might be figuring out how to get wine to people mm-hmm. in a timely fashion. And this year, um, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, is cold chain correct? Is you know, and and how it how it works with the environment too. So, you know, styrofoam, ice packs, all these things are they really helping, or is it just flooding the environment with mm-hmm. extra stuff? Mm-hmm. And so trying to be mindful of, of you know, our next steps as a company, and not just 2023, but in the years to come, and what's going to be standard in the industry as well, and then how do we improve on those things. Um, it's going to be really, really confusing and hard to figure out, but I, that's where I think community comes into play.
1: You mentioned, obviously, community earlier as the biggest takeaway from your initial wine. So tell me about your impressions of the wine community here as you've gotten into Oregon wine. What have you seen in Oregon wine?
2: I've seen, at the very beginning, a lot more collaboration. I think the further we get into it, I haven't seen as much. Um, I don't know if that's bigger companies coming into town, and it's not as small mom and pop or um not to say that it's bad but it's just different Mm -hmm. and so um, there's still a core sense of community i will say Mm -hmm. that everybody is friendly everybody wants to see each other succeed for the most part um but yeah it's it's something that as a small Wine, small wine community. Um, I think we're doing a very good job. And,
1: and where do you see the industry going as you look as you look down the road?
2: I think it's a very exciting time to be here. I think people are coming here with fresh ideas. People are traveling more than ever, bringing in those new ideas they've learned from other wine regions, other industries, coffee, beer, kombucha, cider. Um, people are doing weird, funky things. And in a place where Pinot is king, it's nice to see people doing other things. Um, as we see weather patterns getting warmer, you know, drier, It's going to be important for people to adapt to the environment and figure out what else can we do. Otherwise, we're all just going to be doing the same thing and nobody's going to be able to tell the differences. Mm -hmm. But I also think for the consumer, it's very exciting to see other varietals and learn about other varietals. Sometimes Pinot doesn't, you know, pair well with the dinner that you're having. They might never have known about Trousseau or Gamay or Cab Franc, but you know, it's something that when it's done right and people are educated about how to make a wine um, that's both different and interesting and delicious, Mm -hmm. it's the perfect. The science and the art comes together for our benefit.
1: What has been for you the most sort of impactful aspect of working in the wine industry?
2: I would probably say the the places I've been able to go, the people that I've met, the knowledge that I've picked up just from tasting or just having a conversation with a, over a glass of wine. I think those are the most impactful moments for me um, walking through the vines, especially with somebody that's knowledgeable about what's going on in the vineyard, Um, walking down to the waterfall uh, at Seven Springs, um, connecting with nature, I think would be the most impactful part of this job. Um, Yeah, nature, friends, Bring my family into this world as well. You know, it's been a fun journey. Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously you're still in the early stages of that journey. So what do you see for yourself down there? What are some things maybe you want to accomplish?
2: I wanna learn more. <laughs> yeah. um, we need to get, a, get to France. <laughs> we need to get to Spain. We need to get to Italy. <laughs> we need to get everywhere. Um, but yeah, travel, I think, is going to be the biggest um, biggest way to learn for me, most impactful way to learn for me. Uh, to be submersed into where, you know, into the culture. And I think that's where wine um, brings all of that into play and to have a purpose. <laughs> Having a purpose to go visit somewhere and, and be curious about you know, the community, the people, how wine has kind of made its mark mm-hmm. on communities. Um, history, how history and uh, government has played a role in what is grown where. Um, all of those things are, are very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it leads you to the unknown. <laughs> Where am I gonna go next?
1: Um, if you were to sort of give yourself advice as you were, if you're restarting your wine, industry, wine journey right now, what would you tell yourself?
2: Travel earlier. <laughs> and more often and make more money, <laughs> so I can travel more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very good, honest advice. Yes. Though, okay. And on the same kind of token, if, if someone were to come to you and ask for your advice on entering the Oregon wine industry today, what would you tell them? How would you tell them to get started?
2: Be patient, have a direction, but know that that direction doesn't mean you can't take Different paths to get to where you want to go. The amount that you learn when things get off track, if you're willing to learn, there's always lessons. Um, so it's all about perspective, I think. You know, I could have been in a really bad place mentally if I didn't take what I learned about myself during the pandemic and my time alone. I don't know that I would be in shipping and logistics today. I might still be in hospitality, which I still love and I think is still like embedded in me. Um, but to be like well-rounded for myself is something that I am very proud of. Mm-hmm. And the drive to still learn. Um, but, but being patient too with yourself and with others. <laughs> um, is also very important in this industry.
1: All right, so the questions that I have for you, uh, anything I didn't ask that I should have, anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to no. Perfect. No. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much.
2: Thank for you. For sharing
1: your time and stories with us of this beautiful day in this beautiful space.
2: I know, how lucky are we? Amazing.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, thank we'll you. let you up the hook.
2: Thank you.